The parasha of Etchanan is also called Shabbat Nachamu. It's the Shabbat that always comes after Tisha B'Av. And it's the Shabbat upon which we read the Haftorah from Yeshayel that begins with the words Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. These words, Nachamu, Nachamu, are supposed to be self-explanatory. Be comforted. But it's not clear from the words of the prophets, of the prophet, what exactly it is that we have to be comforted about. Where does this comfort derive from? What is it that we do on the Shabbat immediately following Tisha B'Av that is in fact so comforting to us that makes us feel as though something good has happened. Tisha B'Av this year is on Thursday. On Friday, people will be worried about what they can clean in the morning, what they can't clean. I mean, as an aside, I tell you, you can do everything in the morning that could be done ordinarily late in the afternoon, and that's all for cover of Shabbat. So, where does this comfort derive from, other than the fact that we've just passed, uh, somehow we've passed, Tisha uh, which I guess is itself a comforting matter. I mean, we're in the depths of the text of the Torah, for example. Do we find, do we find this comfort? Now, you know that in the parasha of Etzhanan, we continue listening to Moshe Rabbeinu talking first about himself and then talking about the people and the stay, the sojourn in the desert. <laughs> and if you remember in Perik Dalit, <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu says to Bnei Yisrael, Raki shamer lechal Hishamer means be careful about this. The Gemara says that very often the word Hishamer indicates a mitzvah lo ta'aseh, but the Rashi doesn't mention that specific point here. Raki Shamer lecha ma'ot. He says you have to be very careful not to forget. Not to forget what? Lest you forget the things that you saw with your own eyes. Those things that you saw with your own eyes. Lest they disappear from your heart all the days of your life. And so, you have to teach these things, and we're not sure exactly what the Pasuk is talking about. But you have to teach these things, whatever it is that the Pasuk is talking about. You have to teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Yes. Where are you going? Oh, you're coming back? Bye. Bye.
In fact, if we look carefully at the next pasuk, this gets a little bit clearer. What is it that Moshe Rabbeinu is warning about us about? What is it we have to remember? What is it, Penya Suru? What is it that we have to somehow worry that should not be removed from our memory, from the, uh, from the uh, story of our, our existence, so that everybody has memory. She just left. You can try her on the sofa. 0523. Yeah. 10 tells us what it is that we're not supposed to forget. Yom asher amadeta lefnei Hashem elokecha bechoreiv. The day that you found yourself standing before Hashem elokecha, before God, your God, on the mountain called Choreiv. Be'amor Hashem elai. When God told me, Moshe Rabbeinu, bring the people together, God told Moshe Rabbeinu. I will tell them my words, I show you what do. They will learn to fear me, all the days Hashem Chayim al Adama, an emphasis, further emphasis on this idea that you have to teach your children, you have to remember, you have to remember the day, you have to remember the time that, that we stood before Har Sinai and received the Torah. Kol Hashem all the days that they are living in this world, ve'et b'nehem yilamedu, and also their sons. Their children have to be uh, have to be taught, so that we have to remember, we have to teach, we have to keep in mind uh, Har Sinai. But this uh, actually uh, brings us to a minor dilemma in terms of the way we've understood things up to now. Har Sinai was, of course, an important event. It was something unique. But it was the Ramban in his commentary in the parasha of Truma. And following the Ramban, Rabbeinu Bechayehu taught us that the Beit HaMikdash, the Mishkan, the tabernacle that was built by B'nai Yisrael, after, after the giving of the Torah, was in fact the, 
the, it was in fact the Torah itself. It was Matan Torah itself. It wasn't just something that had to be part of the camp, something that would eventually turn into the center of worship, which we call the Beit HaMikdash. But in some manner, there was a transference. There was a transference of of the... There was a transference of the event, of the moment of Har Sinai, into the Mishkan. And there are many comparisons that could be made. The Shekhinah dwelt on the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu went into the Olmoed to relearn the Torah. And on and on and on. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was the intermediary for Talmud Torah in the Mishkan in the tabernacle, just as he was in Har Sinai. So, one could make an argument for saying that remembering the uh, Sinai, according to this interpretation that was made popular by the Ramban, that remembering Har Sinai was of no great consequence. uh, Because Har Sinai went with them. Har Sinai was brought along with B'nai Yisrael in the desert. And so it's not, uh, it's not so remarkable to think that even today people are not, they don't yearn to go to Har Sinai. They do yearn to go to the Beit HaMikdash. They want to go even to the place of of destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. They want to be there. They want to daven there. They know that the Shekhinah somehow is favorably inclined to whatever is going on in the Beit HaMikdash. And that favorable inclination, that favorable inclination, is something we want to take advantage of. But have you ever heard that people are interested in traveling to Har Sinai because our prayers will be answered there? I've never heard that that somehow uh, going to Har Sinai is part of anybody's religious platform as, say, going to visit the graves of the great Sadiqim in Ukraine might be. But the people who go to Ukraine, I mean, they're not interested in going to Har Sinai. At least they don't express such an interest to the best of my of my knowledge. So that, that Har Sinai while it certainly represents or, or is indicative of a, an important moment in history, there's no doubt that after Matan Torah, Har Sinai disappears. And so one wonders, what exactly, I mean, looking in retrospect, you know, starting with the Ramban and the Rabbeinu B'chaya, I wonder what the Torah wants of us. What is it that the Torah wants us to remember? Isn't it enough to remember the Beit HaMikdash? Isn't it enough to remember the destruction of the Temple? Isn't it enough to remember that the Temple, that the Temple, the Beit HaMikdash, represented the Matan Torah of Har Sinai in many, many ways? And that it's that memory, is the, which is the memory of, of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu leaving his people and, and giving us uh, giving us something 
awful to think about. Isn't that all connected to the Mikdash? I have to remind you of the fact that the Ramban, the same Ramban, who is responsible for our thinking about Har Sinai, the same Ramban who taught us that Har Sinai is not that Har Sinai is not uh, like a permanent feature in our uh, in our thinking about things in in the in the story of our existence that we tell to our children again and again. Yitziat Mitzrayim, Har Sinai, Beit Hamikdash. It all becomes the Beit Hamikdash. That's the important. That's the important thing in our history that we have to remember. Now, in spite of all of this, the Ramban in his commentary on the Chumash, I'll just look at a little bit of it. The Ramban in his commentary on the Chumash, on this Pasuk of Pasuk Advarim, the Ramban says, Hakatuv Hazelifidati Mitzvat Lotase. That this Pasuk represents a negative commandment. Don't forget. Don't forget Har Sinai. And if it's a negative commandment, what he means is that it's one of the six hundred and thirteen mitzvot. His Hiba Ma'od. The Ramban says, listen, it's not enough to remember the mitzvot. But you have to remember where these mitzvot came from. You have to remember what the occasion was when the mitzvot were given to B'nai Yisrael. And so, Udvarav Asher, Shamata Shamitoch the words of God that you heard in the fire at that time. V'todiyah kol advarim asher ro'enecha b'mamad ha'nechbadahu b'vanecha u'levnei vanecha adolam. And you should, you should teach this. You teach this to your children. And to your grandchildren, Adolam, Adolam forever and forever, that there was a Har Sinai. Uperish Atam, and the reason is Hashem Asa, Amamadahu, Gedeshe Tilmedulir Alto Kolayamim. In other words, there's something ultimate about Har Sinai. It was an event organized by heaven. And that organization took place in order to teach us Yira, the fear of God, forever and ever. And you have to teach that to your children forever and ever. So if you asked what the difference between Har Sinai and the Beit HaMikdash is, that the measure of Yira, of Yira Chamayim, of fear of God that came to us from Har Sinai, that could not be duplicated. You could, in the Mikdash, duplicate aspects of Har Sinai. And that, in fact, was the reason that we don't go back to Har Sinai to do particular avodot service of God. 
because that's all done in the Beit HaMikdash. But if you think about what the source of the year Achamayim that we're all obliged to have, oh, that's from the Harsinai, according to the Ramban. When he called them Shiaskir Hadibroch in Emrusham, is here the mitzvah lota session on the shkach and before Moshe Rabbeinu starts telling us, reviewing what exactly the mitzvot that were given to us at Har Sinai are, what we call the Aseret Adibrot, Moshe, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu said, remember, there's a mitzvah lota aseh. There's a, a, a negative commandment, shelo nishkach davar min ha-ma'amadahu. We should never allow it to disappear forever and ever. And further, there is a positive commandment. So not only is it forbidden for us to forget, that's a negative, but it's obligatory upon us to remember, that's a positive. The Ramban says the the worth, the value of this mitzvah is tremendous. Because if the Torah would have been studied by us through the intermediary or the agency of Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, that would be a prophecy. Those would be the words of a prophet. But you know, the words of the prophet are quite the same. It's not quite what we are talking about. The words of the prophet are not good enough. We need to know that those words come from God. And that's what Yirat Shamayim is. Yad Shamayim is not the fear that God will do us in, but Yad Shamayim is that we participated in an event which clarified for us that the Torah was in fact given to us by HaKadosh Baruch And then even though later on the continuation of the Torah was in the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu, we all understood that this was the Torah that was taught to us on Har Sinai, the Torah of Yirat Shamayim, this attitude that we have to pass on again to our children and to our grandchildren. So the Ramban discovers two mitzvot, a mitzvah taseh, teach it to your children, and a mitzvah lotaseh, don't ever forget, don't ever forget that there was a Har Sinai, now we know that in many Sidurim, in many Sidurim, I will just take a look here, at uh, many Sidurim means the art scroll, right? That uh, The art scroll Siddur. So I look here in the art scroll Siddur, I see at the end of Tefillat Shacharit, <coughs> I see, I see on page, uh, 176 of these siddur that I happen to be looking at, Sheish Zichirot. Sheish Zichirot. The first, there are six things that you have to remember. These three things, six things you have to remember all the time. All the time. And the article siddur says, uh, 
the Torah commands that the six events be remembered always. Consequently, some authorities maintain that the verses containing these commandments should be recited daily. Of course, some authorities uh, just want to make sure Uh, of course, uh, these authorities that the art scroll is talking about but does not mention by name are the Kabbalistic authorities. The Kabbalists thought that remembering these mitzvot was of great significance. And that's really how it got into the Sidur. Because these mitzvot are not uh, mitzvot, these six uh, zechirot. Except for the second one, which says... That's our pasuk. So it means that the that the sidur that we use in this case, I'm using the art scroll sidur, page 176, and it says that there's a mitzvah to remember Har Sinai. Actually, it doesn't say that it's a mitzvah because not everybody agrees that it's a mitzvah. But it does say that I should remember every day. And so, and so it got into the Siddur, the Sheish Shirot, but Sheish Shirot got into the Siddur through the agency of the Kabbalists. And uh, um, the Ramban's position Ramban, who was certainly a Kabbalist, either this preceded this uh, general idea that the Kabbalists proposed was either prior to the Ramban or subsequent to the Ramban, but certainly the Ramban, who was a Kabbalist, was of the opinion that mentioning Har Sinai, the mitzvah of remembering Har Sinai, was absolutely necessary for all the Jewish people. Now the Ramban repeats his insistence on this mitzvah as being a mitzvah in his comment in the Sefer HaMitzvot you know that the Ramban the Rambam wrote the Sefer HaMitzvot the book of mitzvot in which he lists according to a system that he describes in the introduction he, he lists the Shorashim the rules, the regulations that allow you to create the 613 like what is included, what is inclu- excluded what is a sub-mitzvah like a mitzvah in the category of another mitzvah, what's an independent mitzvah the Rambam had, had a, a, a system the Ramban wrote a commentary on the Sefer HaMitzvot of the Rambam and in this commentary he lists variations he the Ramban says I think that A, B, C and D are mitzvot even though the Rambam doesn't. And therefore, according to my system, we'd have to change, because since we both agreed that the number should remain 613, we would have to change the system a little bit to allow my mitzvahs in, so some other mitzvahs would have to go out. In the beginning of his commentary, in the section of the Sefer Mitzvot, which deals with lot aseh, with negative commandments, the Ramban says this, the second mitzvah that I have to add to the list, the Ramban says, 
that that the Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu tells us the will of God that we should not forget Har Sinai. We should not allow it to be removed from our memories. But our high eyes and our hearts should be there all the days. Remember, this is the statement that is made by the commentator, the Ramban, who said that Mamat Harsinai gets morphed into the Beit HaMikdash. Morphed into the Beit HaMikdash. And this is what God said. And he quotes, he quotes our Psukim. And the intention, he says, is very intense. Because if the Torah would have been taught to us by a Navi, right, he repeats his, his idea in the, in the, uh, the idea he had in his commentary on the Torah, that uh, it would not be sufficient to learn Torah from a Navi like, uh, like Moshe Rabbeinu, great as he was, because every Navi, every Navi is, uh, implies a certain lack of clarity. A Navi, it's not perfectly clear that, that it comes from God, uh, because a Navi can also become a, a lying prophet. It's not true that a Navi, uh, a, a Navi who was truthful up to today will necessarily remain truthful forever and forever. So if we look at this system that the Ramban has kind of introduced us to, not so much the question of whether, not so much the question of whether um, uh, this is a mitzvah that should be listed amongst the mitzvahs. That the Ramban certainly does think, and and uh, that remains the machlokah, the famous machlokah between the Rambam and the uh, and the Ramban. Uh, in fact, um, it's important perhaps to know that the tour that the tour in his um, in his great work. Uh, in Siman Mem Zion, the tour relates to this, relates to the fact that there is this machloket where the Rambam says no and, and, and the Ramban says yes, but he relates to it in a very particular way. And uh, the tour says, Siman Mem Zion, Sha'anu Mekaimimit Mitzvat Schirat Mamat Har Sinai Bekolio. He says, We really, we really remember Har Sinai every single day. I mean, whether it's a mitzvah or it's not a mitzvah, that's how it became constituted in our prayers. Because when we say Birkata Torah, we say the bracha that is related to the Torah, we say, Asher bachar banu mikol ha'amim. Right? Asher bachar banu mikol ha'amim. And that Asher bachar banu mikol ha'amim took place according to the tour at Har Sinai. Took place uh, at, at Har Sinai. And then whenever we learn Torah, whenever we learn Torah, we have to feel this intense relationship as though a Kodesh Bochu is coming to us and talking to us. Because what we are doing is resolving the mystery of God's intention. So, Asher Bachar in that the Bechira was through the Torah, and the Torah, this intense relationship was created, was created at, at Har Sinai. So, so you see, 
that uh, uh, that this idea in the Torah is not an orphan. Whether you think that it represents a real mitzvah, or as the Rabbam says, it's part of another greater mitzvah, or as the Tur says, we say it every day when we say Berkata Torah. There's no doubt that this idea that's expressed in the psukim that I quoted in our parasha, that that idea is not an orphan. It remains with us. Wherever we are, and however we find ourselves, the idea that there is, uh, the idea that there is a, a, a memory of Har Sinai, of the event of Har Sinai, stays with us. So that even though according to the Ramban, for example, Har Sinai was morphed into the Mishkan, the tabernacle. The tabernacle was then rebuilt as the Beit HaMikdash. Even though all of that is certainly true, the memory of Har Sinai, while it may not be an active memory, except when we're learning Torah, according to the tour, is nevertheless part of the storehouse of memories that we keep intact and that we uh, that we 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 help to remain fresh and fertile by teaching that memory to our children and our grandchildren so I would say this we're looking for the nechama we're looking for the thing that was able to overcome even the destruction of the temple. The impossible notion that God would have to lose his place, that God would not be able to dwell quite in the same way in the place of the Mikdash after the destruction as was possible before the destruction. So he says, let's, let's try to understand. Let's try to understand where the Nechama is. And it may be that the Nechama in the parasha of Etchana, not just the Nechama of the words, the Nechama of the words of the Navi Yeshayahu, but the actual Nechama that is ingrained in the, uh, in the being of Am Yisrael, what enabled them but enabled them at that time to overcome, to overcome meaning, to withstand the destruction, to withstand the punishment, to go on and to say to themselves, this is, this is going to be turned around. This is going to get better. This is going to be what it really should be, not destruction, but renewal and rebuilding. They said that because they had ingrained in their genetic makeup, they had Har Sinai. And Har Sinai said there's something even beyond the Beit HaMikdash. Something that is within every one of us. And that's what the tour says. The ability to see Talmud Torah as a religious experience. A, a, a remarkable idea that when we're learning the Torah, we're not just trying to find out what it says, nor are we even trying, nor are we even trying to find out what the Torah wants of us. 
but we're communicating with God on the one hand and we're listening very carefully to discover what it is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants of us what it is that we should be what we should be doing for HaKadosh Baruch uh, I don't know if you will listen to this before Tisha B'Av or after Tisha B'Av if it's before I wish you well over the fast and if it's after Nachamu Nachamu Ami all the best <laughs>